0: So this morning, before we get into the Word, I just want to share just a little bit about what I've been going through, amen. Everybody's probably like, where is Pastor Katani? or why isn't she speaking, why, What? what's going, going on in her life, and so I had shared with you all that um, I had been diagnosed with a condition, a heart condition, not too long ago, so they had me on this medication that um, really just makes me woozy and drowsy, and just needed to, you know, step back and say, Katani, sit down. It's, you know, it's okay to, to, to take a rest. And just going through the grief of losing pastor and just life. Um, I've been through a storm. I, I told myself I wasn't going to get up here and start crying, but... These tears aren't just because of the situation, but they're tears of glory and tears of victory. And tears of getting to know God in such a much more intimate, deeper way. You know, I coined myself as a follower of God, as a worshiper, as a deep believer, as one who trusts Him with all my heart. And when he took me through the storm, I began to see my faith waver. I began to feel like, God, do you love me? Like, why why would you allow this to happen to me? Why are you taking me through this? And it just kept layering and layering and layering one thing after another. And I would just sit in my bed and just stare at the ceiling like I cannot believe My life has changed in such a dramatic, uh, dramatic way. And then the Lord began to whisper in my ear and remind me of the summer of 2020 when I asked him and told him that I was ready to go to the next level. I was ready to go to that next place. That I surrendered it all and that I asked him, Lord, whatever it takes to get me the next point to get me to that next level I'm willing to go through it now little be careful what you ask God okay just pre pre warning little did I know that this would be the path that I would have to travel to get to the place where God has my full attention where God would elevate me amen in my relationship with him elevate my love towards him elevate my trust in him elevate my faith in him because I have nothing else absolutely nothing else that I can cling on to but his love for me and my salvation amen so this morning I just want to tell you thank you God I just want to tell you thank you for all you've done for me amen I'm not worried about this this heart condition that they've diagnosed me with because I know it's stress. Stress will kill you. (laughs) Be careful. Stress will take you out. And I know that it was just the stress and the weight of what I had been going through that caused the anxiety, that caused the sleeplessness, that was causing all of these symptoms to pop up. But I know that God has got it in control. Amen? I'm not worried about it. I'm not, I'm not tripping. Well, let me, let me back up. Sometimes I do trip out about it a little bit. <laughs> but I know that God is in control. Amen. And that God is going to see me through. God is going to see us through. And when the storm comes, amen, all you got to do is just hang on. Hang on to your faith. Hang on to your trust. Hang on to God because he will see you through and he wants to see you through. So this morning, if you would just please stand briefly, we are going to be reading from Mark chapter four, verses 35 through 41, a very familiar passage of scripture. It is a uh, story of Jesus calming the storm, amen. And all of us have either been through a storm, going through a storm, are preparing to get ready for the next storm, <laughs> amen. Because storms in life are, are just, storms are just part of life. So it reads, it says, on the day when evening had come, he said to them, "Let us go across to the other side." And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with them. And a great windstorm arose. And the, waves were, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on the cushion. And, the, and they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm and he said to them who why are you afraid have you no faith and they were filled with great fear and said to one another who is this that can even who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him amen amen as you're sitting down just say peace Be still. still. Peace. Peace. Be Be still. Amen. We are going to learn what it takes to calm the storms of our lives. Amen. We are going to learn that it is not us who calms the storms in our lives, but it is the word of God. Amen. It is the voice of God. It is us articulating what Jesus did on that boat that calms the storms in our lives. So I know for many of us, when a storm comes, we are doing everything we can to figure out how in the world can I get myself out of this situation? What do I need, what do I need to do to get myself out of this situation? If it's, a financial, if it's a financial storm, a lot of us will go out and we'll get a second job thinking that that's going to help us get out of the storm. But if our spending habits are the exact same, when we had the first job, now we have the second job, which we have more money and our spending habits don't change. The storm still continues. See, a lot of storms in life are created by us. You know, we get into these situations and we want to blame this and we want to blame that, but really we need to look in the mirror and say, God, why do I continue to go through these situations? Why, is, why do these things keep propping up and 10 out of 10, it's because of your, dis- your lack of discipline, your lack of focus, your lack of relationship, your lack of responsibility that causes you to continue to reap these storms in your lives. Amen? So, in this passage uh, found in Mark chapter 4, it's actually nestled in between uh, par- the parables, the, uh, the mirac- a bunch of parables, a bunch of miracles that Jesus had been going throughout the land, uh, teaching, teaching the people of God. And we know that when Jesus spoke, he, he grew a large crowd, a large crowd of followers. Not everybody there was a follower. Some were there to just, to, to just try and figure out who is this man, you know he's a great teacher he really knows the word of god and and you know there's something different about him there's something that 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 was intriguing them to come the pharisees were there the scribes pharisees all of these people were gathering around wherever he would show up there would be a massive crowd following him and so when you read the whole, and I encourage you to go back and read the whole of chapter 4, we see that this, this, this uh, chapter starts out with the parable of the sower. Amen? The parable of, of, of the sower, um, and as, as Jesus is teaching this, there's a mass crowd. He's, at, he's right at the Sea of Galilee. He's sitting in a boat, and he's teaching about the sower, and how peop- and, and, using parable- and using parables to explain what he was, to, to, to explain what he needed to explain. You see, he did not come out and just say, hey, I'm the Christ and this is this and this is that because he knew that there was a bounty on his head. He knew that they were after him. He knew that there were some there just to try and entrap him. So he was keeping his identity secret amongst the people, but at the same time, sharing the principles of God, sharing the principles of the kingdom. And so this narrative starts off, uh, this chapter starts off with Jesus talking about a parable of the sower and the sower um, and how he, where he should plant the seed, how to correctly plant the seed. And that seed is the word of God, amen? When you read that scripture, you understand that the seed that, he, that Jesus is referring to is the seed of God. It's the seed of relationship. You know, for many of us, we, we, we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, amen? But we don't let that seed germinate long enough before it, we need to let the seed germinate long, long enough for it to begin to grow but it all depends on how you develop your relationship with God amen whether you whether your seed falls on the path whether it falls on the rocky ground whether it falls um, in between uh, the thorns it is your responsibility to make sure that your seed is cultivated amen If you need to pick that seed up and you need to to find good soil, then you need to pick the seed up and find good soil. And that's what God is saying this morning. And that's what he was saying saying in the parable is that let your seed fall on good soil. And he was talking about the kingdom of heaven and telling them how the kingdom of heaven was like this. And the kingdom of heaven was like that. And so he's there all day long teaching uh, and, and, and pouring out into this crowd of people that just were hungry for God. Some were hungry for God. Some were just being nosy. Some were, were there. You know, church folks. Church folks. You know how we come to, we come to church Uh, And a lot of us come to church, you know, especially uh, young babes in Christ, they come because they heard the word and they're like, you know, I really do believe there's a heaven and a hell. And I want to get my name on the roll. I want to live my life like I want to live my life. But when I die, I want to go to heaven. So I'm going to make sure, you know, that I attend church. Even I might even pay some tithes every now and then. I might. I might help out at the food bank. I might do this. I might do that. See, that's, that's, that's a seed that is falling on the path. That path is not the place where God wants to plant you. Some of us are those Christians that we, we fall, um, in, our seeds fall on rocky ground, on rough terrain, where the ground is so hard that it, it doesn't even really get to take it doesn't take it. It's it's mixed in with rocks and and you know it's it's summertime. You know when you you're out there pulling the weeds up between your, your sidewalks because it's it, it's fallen and it's found some nutrition. But as soon as summer is over, as soon as the rain stops, it just withers up and it dries and it dries away. See, we have to be sure that our seed is planted on firm foundation. Amen. Some of, our, some of our seeds drop in, in, in thorny ground. Thorny ground is that place of um, got halfway in and halfway out. You know, it's that teeter-totter type relationship with God. You know, you're in, you, you like that rough area. You like those rough places. You like the things that bring pleasure to you. And those things that bring pleasure to you are just signs of I haven't really committed my life. I really haven't committed my heart over to God because I like what I do, amen? <laughs> I like and enjoy the pleasures of this world. Although they do bring storms, although they do bring chaos in my life, it sure feels good to my physical man, you know? <laughs> it's fun. It's fun to sin. It brings enjoyment to the flesh. And so you're in that, that place where you find yourself trying to reach for worldly pleasures. But those worldly pleasures will turn around and bite you. You know, the worldly pleasure of shacking up. <laughs> you know, you get all the benefits. You know, he don't have to go out and buy the cow because the cow didn't in. He gets to drink the milk free. He gets to do whatever he wants to do. But one day, <laughs> that man's going to wake up and he's going to be at work, and he's going to see something else. He's going to see another heifer in the office, okay? <laughs> he's, going to see, he's going to see something else that attracts him and pulls his eyes from you and your children. See, those are the weeds that will begin to choke you out your self-esteem. They're going to begin to choke out your self-worth. They're going to choke out your bank account because he's no longer bringing money home because he's out spending it on someone else. Those are the rough places in life that we as Christians walk through. What is wrong with us? What really is going on with us? That we would choose pleasure, amen, over the Word of God. That we would choose life uh, the way that we want to live it over the Word of God. Well, this morning, as we go into this passage of Scripture, we've got to realize that we oftentimes create these storms in our lives you know don't don't complain to god about you broke or your car broke down or your kids are acting up when you are not in the word of god you are not following the principles of god you're not sitting at the table having dinner with your children, amen? You're just thinking that the car don't never need to go to the shop for maintenance. You think that, you know, everything is just going, you know, God's just going to handle everything. No, God gave you common sense, amen? He gave you the common sense to live a life abundantly. That's what was going on in the Garden of Eden. You know, we, we, we can have such a, 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 we can come to a state, get to a state of just a very blissful place in our lives. I was at a very blissful place in my life just before pastor passed. Just learning and soaking in the word of God. Amen. Everything was okay. Finances was okay. Attending church, paying tithes, working in ministry, doing all that God called me to do. Cat was using the litter box. Dog would get the the pooper scooper and handle his business. Everything was going well. How many of you have had those times, those blissful times in life when there were no worries, amen, <laughs> that God was with you, that you felt, you know, hey, I've got this. And then out of the sudden, out of the blue, all of a sudden, a storm arises, and you don't know which way to go. You're trying to figure out how in the world did I get here? Why am I facing bankruptcy? Why am I facing divorce? Why, are, why is everything just turned upside down? And those are the times when we need to call out and holler, peace, peace, and be still. So as children of God, we need to to make sure that every morning we arise out of bed. Amen? (laughs) And I I figured this thing out because if you wait past, say, 8 o'clock, it's a wrap. It really is because life, life really begins maybe 7, 8 o'clock, you can forget it. Phone starts ringing, children need to be fed, dog needs to go out, all kinds of things. But if we would arise in the wee hour of the morning, whatever that wee hour is for you, and just spend quality time in the presence of God. Spend quality time with the King of Kings and spend quality time with the Lord of Lords. Amen. And I'm not saying this has to go on for hours, but just to recognize that he gave you a breath to breathe that morning. Amen. He gave you activities of your limbs. Just read your scripture. Get a devotional. Amen. Begin to worship the Lord and just ask him, God, what is in the forecast of my day? What is going to happen in my day? See, when you invite God in, he's a meteorologist, okay? A meteorologist. He knows what the spiritual forecast of your day looks like. Every morning, I check the weather. I check to see what it's going to be like. We live in Denver. You have to check the weather in Denver. You can walk out to a day like today, sunny and nice, and by noon, it's pouring down snow. It's, 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 there's a snowstorm, and you're, you're trying to navigate through, uh, navigate to your car in flip-flops to get home to five inches of snow. You know, we pay attention to the weather cast. We, we pay attention to what formations are, are in the clouds. That's what, our meet, that's what the meteorologists do. They study the, the formation of clouds, they study the weather patterns. Well, Jesus studies the patterns too, amen? He studies the spiritual weather patterns of our life. And so each and every morning we should awaken to see what our day entails, where God is working, what God has in store for us. You know, reading that passage of Scripture or reading that devotion and then going off to work and encountering something and then that forecast comes back and you say, (laughs) Okay, God, I see what you're saying. I see what you're doing. So it's important for us as Christians to stay in tuned to what God is calling us to do. And so this is what really was what was going on in this passage of scripture where Jesus had just sat with these people all day long and had had talked about the parables and the sowing of the seed and he had gone through all these parables and talked about the kingdom of heaven. And then he took a moment after he had spoken and he took a moment to get away with his disciples and he gave them, if you just read this passage, he gave them further description of what he was saying because they were just like, what? I don't get it. What are you talking about? And he began to unravel the secrets of the parable to them. And at the bottom of it all, the secret of the parable was plant your seed in good soil. Plant your seeds in good soil where thieves cannot get to, amen, where moths cannot destroy. Plant yourself in good In God, plant your seeds in God, make your foundation eternal with God. And so then after he had done all of this, here's where our text picks up. After he had done all of this ministering, he decides that, you know, it's time to rest. Night time, night was falling. And in in verse 35, it says, on that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let's cross over to the other side. Notice who, who, who made the invite. Jesus was already, you know, tired. He was weary. He was in the boat. He needed to, you know, withdraw from the crowd. And so he gives an invitation to them to cross over to the other side. When God gives you an invitation, be thankful, amen, that he is willing to go on the journey with you. And so in verse 35, the vivid details indicate that the, of Mark's recording as an eyewitness account of what was taking place, probably getting his information from Peter, on that evening of that day of teaching by the lake, Jesus took the initiative to cross over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee with his disciples. Though not stated, he probably desired relief from the crowds and some rest. Perhaps also he sought a new region of ministry, even so, other boats, those who wanted to remain with Jesus, tagged along, tagged along. See, take note that Jesus was the one who summoned what's going on That's the, for the crossover to the other side. You, we know we serve an omnip- omnipotent God, right? So we know this was a setup for the disciples. I don't know if you all realize this, but he was setting them up to see if the seeds that he had just toiled and labored had taken root because many of them were just kind of like he's a good teacher but I don't know you know is all of this <clears throat> is all of the things that he's saying going to come to fruition is this really true will we actually do the greater things you know they they were they were right there with his side they saw the miracles they heard of the things they were eyewitnesses to what was going on but yet and still their unbelief had a hold of him. So Jesus invites him on this boat. One of my favorite authors, Henry Blackaby, says, whenever God is about to do something, he will invite you to join him in his work. And God was wanting to do something with these disciples. He was wanting to take them to the next level of ministry. He was wanting to, to reveal to them that this is the Christ, Take heed, watch, and notice because greater things than these will you do because he's only here for a while. But greater things will you able, be able to do. You will be able to perform these same miracles. You'll be able to, to decipher these same parables. You'll be able to minister to these same crowds. So I'm inviting you in this boat. Amen. Amen. Because I'm about to show you another level, another way, another, uh, reveal, your, reveal myself to you in a more profound way. And so as they get on the boat and they begin the, to the journey to the other, other side, we all, all have to understand that there's going to be a that day in our lives. Amen? Many of you probably have experienced many that days. You know, that day when you say, you know what, I am done <laughs> with this. I'm done with that person. I'm done with this job. Whatever you've got, whatever you're done with, God is saying that, you know, there's going to be that that day moment, that day when you say, you know what, God, I'm going to forsake it all for, for you. I'm going to forsake all that I've earned, all that I've, I've, I've worked for, and I'm going to hand it over to you. I'm going to let my life so shine, my light so shine before men that they know. And you're ready. You know, you're excited. You're, you're, you're ready for this great move. You're ready to, to become an elder. You're ready to get involved in church. You're ready to begin paying your tithes consistently. You're ready to do the works of God on that day. <laughs> And as you get into, get thought just thinking, you jump into the boat and you're ready. You're rowing like, all right, all right. You know, we're going to do this. And you're rowing and, and the sea is calm and you're waving to the other f- people who have made that choice to follow Jesus. And you're just rowing along. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a storm arises. Amen? Now, I don't know if you all have ever been in a boat and got into a storm. I have, I have experienced that. And let me tell you something. It is not pretty. First of all, you can't fight that ocean. <laughs> you cannot fight against water. You can't, it's, it's absolutely impossible. And the boat is just back and forth. And the waves are coming over. And you don't know what in the world are we going to do? You know, how are we going to get out of this? And I've experienced that. I experienced it um, when Pastor had taken me on a trip to Alaska many years ago, uh, and we were going through uh, the inland passage to Alaska. So you would be traveling on this ocean, and then it would turn into an inward passage where there were hills and mountains on both sides, and you would, you would navigate through this passage. And as we were going up this passage, uh, they announced that there were some, some killer whales I was in my cabin. They announced that there were some killer whales following the boat, so I jumped out of my bed, ran up on deck, and was just like enthralled at these great killer whales that were were, um, following the boat, and I'm standing there, and it just began to get so windy, and the water began to get so rough, and they were summoning people to come back inside, and I was just like, no, I'm good. This is I, I. I enjoy nature, so I'm standing there and I'm watching. And the next thing I know, my hat flew off. People were rushing and the wind and the boat, now this is a big ship, and the ship began to just rock back and forth and waves began to splash. And I said, Oh Lord, have mercy, Jesus. <laughs> we about to die. <laughs> Let me go get my life jacket. And I run back into the room and uh, just rode the storm out there. But it's not a good feeling. It's a scary feeling when you're on this massive ship and it's tilting from one side and tilting to the other and you're just literally rocking back and forth. People were throwing up. People were all over the place. It was just the most foulest thing. Well, this is what was happening on the Sea of Galilee with these disciples. As they were traveling, a great storm came up, and the Sea of Galilee was known for the, for the, for the un, unpredicted storms that could arise because it's too sat in a valley where, where the winds would get caught up. And the winds would be tumultuous. And when they opened into the open sea, those winds would just gush out. So here we have Jesus and his disciples on sea. But the funny thing is, is that Jesus is the one that invited them out there to cross over to the the other side. And so in verse 36, it says, and leaving the crowd, they took him with him in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And verse 37 says, and a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. Now here they are, advanced fishermen, amen? Some of these apostles were fishermen, Uh, people that were on the other boats, they were advanced fishermen. They knew how to handle the sea. They knew how to handle, you know, stormy weather. But this thing got so bad that that they began to lose control over it. And it says in verse 38, but he was asleep in the stern, asleep on, the, on a cushion, and they woke him up and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? <laughs> Look at the dynamics that are here in this, in, this, in this scripture. Here we have this massive storm, Amen. Think of the storms of your life, massive storms, things that you've tried to, you know, bail the water out. You know, I've, I've come as now that I'm older, I realize that, you know, when people get in financial trouble and they come to you, don't give them money. Just don't, you know, you're not you're not you're not settling their problem by handing them money, and I have done that so many times. First of all, I'm just like, oh Lord Jesus, here they come. I don't want to be bothered. Do I? I here's fifty dollars. Go. On. God bless you. But that's not the way you should handle it. Amen. You can't handle storms and lives with human means, by human by human uh, ways and human thoughts. So here they are in the boat. The boat is filled to the point of water where it should have sunk so you have a at least 13 men on the bible on this boat because there were 12 disciples including Jesus and now you have a boat full of water where they're trying to get the water out of the boat Major says that that should have sunk Major says that it shouldn't have made it over to the other side because of the tumultuous winds and waves that they were in taking that, was, that were being took in, and here you have Jesus knocked out, not, not just sleep, but knocked out at the stern of the boat, sleeping with a pillow. I mean, he's getting some good rest in, and, and it's funny that as you look at life, and we're screaming for God, and we're hollering for God, and we're flipping out, God is just sitting, and he's just resting like, baby, come on, go lay down, just, just take a nap. It's going to be okay. And, but we constantly try to figure out God, and we constantly try to figure out our problems. When in this scripture, God, Jesus is, is showing us just what we should be doing, that we should be resting in him, that we should be resting over the situation. And so, you see, with Jesus on the boat, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a guarantee, you know, that they were going to make it across It was not a guarantee that, you know, it would not sink. Um, uh, It wasn't a guarantee that the storm would not come just because Jesus was on the boat. Just because you're saved, just because you're sanctified, just because you're full of the Holy Spirit does not mean that the enemy is not going to come for you. That the enemy is not going to fill your life with drama with waves, with billows, with turmoil. Just because you're saved, no, it doesn't work that way. As a matter of fact, you are more of a target than the sinner is, amen? Because he wants to distract you. Your salvation is so secure, amen? And I need you to know that, that your salvation is secure. But the enemy could care less about your salvation, he could care less about your sanctification. All he wants to do is taunt and toil and bring storms in your life to make you move away from the presence of God, to make you question God's love, to make you question that, does God really love me? Because, you know, I'm a Christian. Why am I having to go through these things? Well, Jesus Jesus had to go through the cross, so get over your problems. Amen? You, when you wake up in the morning, look at you. You don't have... There ain't nothing in your, it's just your palm, amen? There's not a hole in your, in your hands. There's not holes in your side. You want to go through a real storm? Go to Calvary, amen? Give your life up for someone else. So Jesus was, was on the boat, amen? And, and, and these disciples were comfortable enough to row out and believe that they were going to make it into the other side until the storm came. And so out of their own human ways, they began to try and rectify the problem when they had the risen Savior, King of kings, Lord of lords on the boat. But they had not realized just who he was. Even with the teachings, with the miracles and everything they witnessed, they had not yet realized who he was. And so Jesus is is sleep, sound asleep, and they go up to them, and they say, rabbi, master, do you not care that we are about to perish, and you know, have you ever been in some good sleep, I believe Jesus was in some good sleep, okay, and someone awakens you over, you know, something trivial, I believe that's how Jesus' reaction was, like, I know y'all did not wake me up, because it's raining, you know, And, and they were just kind of like, accusing him of not caring for them, accusing him for not wanting to save them. And Jesus awakens, and he just kind of looked at him like, I cannot believe that y'all cannot handle this storm. After all of this teaching, after all that I've done and taught and showed you, you're waking me up to handle your problem? You're begging me to handle your problems? See, God, that same God that was on that boat, that same, that same Christ that was on, our boat, on that boat is in our hearts. And we have the ability to solve every issue and problem that we have because all we need to do is read your word, amen? <laughs> do be, walk in obedience and learn that as we are crossing over, that he is with us, amen? You know, just like those Israelites when they began to cross the Jordan, the Lord had spoken to them. The Lord had given them the command, and then he said, cross over. And the crossover over, it's, it's not easy. The crossover is going to bring some things up. Why? Because we're sinful men. We're people. We're, we're, we're humans. But the mere fact that the Ark of the Covenant was with them, and as they followed the Ark of the Covenant, all was well. God is saying the same thing to us. As you follow the lead of the Holy Spirit, all will be well. And so we're, we're here in this passage of scripture and we see this, this tumultuous uh, storm come up over the Sea of Galilee as they're trying to cross. And now they're at the point of thinking, the disciples are like, we're, we're about to die. This is, this is the end. This is the end. Now, it's funny because as they're crossing over, the scripture says that there were other boats with them. But in the narrative, you don't hear about the other boats, All you hear about is Jesus and the disciples both. And see, that just goes to show you that when you get in a storm, your friends will leave you. Amen? (laughs) I'm sure they were looking at a distance like, dang, you know, what is going on? You know, they too might have been battling the winds and the waves. They didn't have time to come and try and save nobody else they had to develop their own relationship and figure out how are we going to get across to the other side of the sea. Many of them were probably like, let's just turn it around. Let's turn it around. You know, the shore, we're, we're not too far from the shore. Let's just go back. But God wants us to press through our storms. Amen? Amen. And when we're pressing through our storms, let me tell you, it's a lonely place. It's, no one can help you get through what you need to get through but God. You know, as 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 I've been experiencing uh, the death of the pastor and and trying to keep the church going and trying to keep my household going and keep my children going, it's just absolutely impossible to do that at times. There's just times when you just feel the billows just over, overflowing. But every time I would get to that that point of just like, you know what, God, I'm I'm ready to go to just. Why did he die? I'm the one that eats churches, and I'm the one that's at Popeye's, and I'm the one that's, that's not being healthy and doing what. Well. Why would you choose him? Why didn't you take me? I don't get it. He had the great vision. He this, he that, and God is like, shut up. Shut up, fool. He says, because there's something in you that I need, and I am determined with everything within me to cross over. Amen. To get to the other side and see what God has for us. Restoration. We are that boat, amen. We are in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, and we have taken on a lot of waves. The pandemic has come, amen. That's a billow. We've had sicknesses and deaths; those are billows. We've had loss of membership. We've had people die. We've had people leave because the pastor died. We've had lots of things going on. We've had we we are. In the midst of a storm, amen, we are in the Sea of Galilee. And let me tell you what we need to do. What we need to do is get focused on the call that God has given each and every one of us. Amen? See, you cannot be part of the solution and not be in the boat. Amen? Because when you get out of the boat, you tend to not tithe. You tend to not attend. And all that does is put water in the boat it makes those that are here trying to pull this together work even harder. When God says that we are one, amen? And as we come together, we should come together as one to rebuild what God has promised us. You know, it takes a lot to run ministry. We have our homeless initiative. We have things going on in the office. We have things going on with people. And a handful of people are in the boat right now. And so it becomes so tiring to them, amen? You know, people just get numb and tired and just be like, you know, I just can't. I just, I just can't anymore. I had a young man come up to me the other day, and he just grabbed me and began crying. And, oh, Pastor Kay, I want to come back to church so much, but I just can't come without Pastor there. And I'm sitting there like, what? You know, like, was he your Savior, or was Jesus your Savior? And I get that a lot, and I want you to know that, yeah, things have changed, but the same God that was here with Pastor Gilbert is the same God that is here with us, amen? He has not left the boat, and all he's doing is beckoning us to come back, amen, to be involved, to do what we did, to To pick up your part of this this load and to move forward in all that God has for us to do. And so here we have these men on this boat yelling at Jesus like, what are you going to do about this? Like, you need to wake up and, and, and do something about this. And Jesus awakens and immediately, and when he awoke, in verse 39 it says, And when he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Amen. Amen. You see, we have to understand the power of God. We have to get to know that this is what he was trying to get the disciples to understand. All he did was woke up, looked at the situation, and said, peace, be still. All right? You just need to say that right now. Just think of your situation, whatever you're going through, and just say, peace, be still. Peace be still. Whether it's in your marriage, whether it's on your job, whether it's an addiction, whether you're an alcohol, a functioning alcoholic, whatever the situation is, we just need to stand up in the middle of that boat and say, Peace be still. When Christ stood up and and, 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 and said, Peace be still, immediately the wind ceased. He addressed the wind because the wind was the cause of the waves. The wind was the cause of the boat rocking back and forth. Find out what your situation is. Find out the root of the problem and rebuke the root of the problem. Pour it, getting buckets of water and tossing them out out of the boat is not, gonna call, is not going to resolve the problem because the wind is still blowing and the waves are still kicking up. Jesus is telling us this morning here at Restoration Christian Fellowship, you guys are bailing water and I'm just saying, say peace, be still. God is saying for us to take stance, take notice of him, take notice of our relationship with him, align ourselves with him, plant those seeds in good soil, come out to Bible study, get involved in ministry again, do the things that it takes amen to make to make sure that you fulfill your life 's journey that you get to the other side and so as as they are going across the Going across this, Jesus commands the winds to cease. Jesus commands the winds, and then he tells the waves, be still. And the sea was like a sea of glass. Everything was calm. Everything became peaceful. That's the part of life where Jesus wants to get us to, amen? That we can live a life that is peaceful, a life that is flowing, a life that exonerates the power of God. And that's why I am determined to get on the other side of this. Amen? I'm determined. I know that God has something for me. I know that God has something for you. I know that God has something for us corporately. But we have got to row, amen? We have got to stay focused on all that God has called us to do. We have got to remain in his presence, inviting him into our situations in order for us to get to the other side. You see, as long as we stay in a stressful mode... As long as we stay confused and worried and combogulated, all that does is give the enemy time to just continue to take us through. You know, there have been nights that I have literally not slept a wink because in my mind the billows of what about this and what about that and how do I do this and how do, do, how do I do that and this and that and that and this are constantly waves going through my mind, keeping me awake. And there came a point uh, where I, I literally woke up and screamed, God, you've got to do something. Like, I need to rest. <laughs> my physical body was just so drained. And it was because I was not trusting in God. I really, I really, I'm, be honest, I became so angry with God. I was just like, yeah, I'm good. Get up. No, nah, I'm cool, you know. I don't don't want to study. I don't want to hear the word. I don't want to listen to no worship music because I'm in the middle of a storm and I'm trying to figure out how to get out of it, not realizing that it was the worship, it was the praise, it was the reading of the word that would guide me. It was the passages of scripture that would guide me through. And every time I would get into that state, I would hear this song in my heart by uh, Maverick City, and it's called firm foundation and the words are Christ is my firm foundation the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken I've never been so glad because I put my hope in Jesus he's my anchor to the ground (laughs) and he will never fail He will never let me down. That song resonated in my heart from the moment Pastor died to the day that I knew that I was on firm foundation. I knew that my soil, my seeds were sowed, sowed into firm foundation, firm and steady ground. And that there was nothing that I needed to do but trust in Jesus. But being human... I I freaked out. I'm not going to tell you. I mean, I've had some roll around moments, (laughs) some running to the wall, screaming, acting crazy. My neighbor saw me at the stop sign and was calling me like, "Girl, you okay? What's going on with you?" I've had moments where I had just lost everything, lost my faith, or so thought, faith and hope and trust in God. And as soon as I would calm down, as soon as the storm would calm down, God would remind me, "I got you." I'm your firm foundation. Stop worrying. Stop overthinking it. And so this is what God was trying to teach the disciples in those former parables, that if you plant that seed in good soil, I got you. You know, it's a process. You don't just plant the seed in soil and the next day you think, you know, a check is coming in the mail or a miracle is going to happen. It takes time. Because God's testing your faith. God's testing your trust. God's strengthening you and giving you that root system that's going down and anchoring to those rocks. Anchoring to, 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 to uh, the rocks so that when it, as it grows and the wind blows and turmoil comes, that you're anchored. You're anchored in Jesus. And so as, as they get to the other, as, they, uh, as the storm ca- calms down, And uh, Jesus speaks to them, and He said to them, "Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith?" And God spoke that those same words to me, like Katani, like why are you tripping like this? Like every day, I was waking up, and God began to say, "Why are you tripping? Where is your faith?" And that's what He said to to the disciples, "Where is your faith?" You've been coming to church all these years. You've been reading this word all these years. You've been trusting God. Now it's time to activate the faith. Now it's time to activate what God has taught you. It's time to activate the gift. It's time to activate those things that God wants to see you accomplish. So this morning I come to you and say, where is your faith at? You know, we're going through some hard times. We could all stand up and and talk about the woe is me of the pandemic, the woe is me of life. But in all of that, what really matters is we have the faith to continue on. We have faith in God to move forward. And so the disciples were just filled. Verse 41, it says, and they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this? that even the wind and the sea obey him. This morning, I want us to learn to fear God in a way that is reverence to him. They realize that this man, I've seen him heal. I've seen him raise up the dead. I've seen all of these miracles, but I've never seen him speak to nature. I've never experienced this level of, of ministry flow out of him as they made it to the other shore and made it over to Galilee they encounter immediately a demonic spirit and Jesus once again calls this demon out and the demon the demon knew who God was he the demon came and fell before him and was son of God he he immediately recognized who God is but us the church the disciples We just think, oh, he's just Jesus, but he's more than Jesus. He's the Christ. He's your Savior. He's the lover of your soul. He's the one that died for you. He went through a storm himself, and now he lives within our hearts. If you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, he lives within our hearts, and he's asking you today. Do you have enough faith in me to get in this boat so we can cross over to the other side? How many of you guys this morning want to cross over to the other side? If you're watching online, just put it in the text. God, please. I want to walk over. I want to cross over to the other side. See, the other side is that place where God wants you to get to so that you can fulfill all that you need to fulfill he created you in his mother's womb he knows you he knows the plans he has for you and until you stop trying to bail yourself out you're never gonna make it unless you put your faith you put your trust you put your hope in Jesus because he's your firm foundation this morning amen He is your firm foundation. Trust him with all of your heart. Trust him with all of your soul. Don't be afraid, amen, to scream out. Don't be afraid to holler. Let me tell you something. God is not worried about you screaming and yelling. I scream and yell. We have arguments quite often. And I've never, you know, sometimes I think, whoa, wait, hold up. I didn't didn't took it a little too far. But God wants you to cleanse your soul amen dig into the places of your heart where those painful memories are where those those things that you've stored up where that unforgiveness is all of those things that you need to begin to bail out begin to take the time and opportunity to say God there's some things going on in my life there are things very deep within my heart that I need to get rid of that I need to bail out will you help me Will you walk me through? Will you help me cross over into the newness? Because I want to be all that you can be. This morning, I just tell you, speak peace over your life. Speak peace over your situation so that God can come in and take you across. Amen. Father God, we thank you for the word this morning. Father God, we thank you that you are such a loving God, Lord, that you invite us, Father, into these situations Lord knowing that a storm is coming because your omniscience knowing that we're going to not not uh, be able to sustain some of the pains some of the hurts some of the heartaches but Father God when we put our faith in you when we trust in you when we allow you to infill us when we plant our seed in good soil God you will see us through so this morning God we want to replant our seeds into a firm foundation and that firm foundation is you so God right now we just begin to dig the hole and put in our marriages Father God our children our financial situations God the loss of a child Father God the wayward child God all those things that we carry deep inside that no one knows about God we want to pull them up and hand them over to you Father God bail them out of our boats and trust you in the guidance of taking us across. Trust you in the passage, in the voyage, Father God, to a better place and a better relationship with you. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts this morning. We thank you that you love us so much. We thank you that you can speak peace and that we can speak peace over our situations. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. If you're hearing this word this morning and the Savior Christ is not on your boat, amen, not in your heart, not residing in you, we invite you this morning to come to this altar, amen. Maybe you're saved, maybe you're a Christian, maybe maybe you've, you're experiencing some really hard storms right now and you don't know how to get it through. We just ask that you would stand this morning And if you're online, just put it in the chat that I want to get to know the Savior. I want to invite Christ into my heart. I want to be saved this morning. This altar is open for prayer this morning. If you just want to come up and stand or kneel and just begin to bail out those things that are keeping you from a deeper relationship with God this morning, keeping you from revelation that He is the one that will see you through. We invite you this morning to come. Come to get to know this Jesus. Come to get to know this great God this morning. Hallelujah, praise the name of Jesus.